Welcome to episode 505 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto team, welcome along to episode 505 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Owls. You'll be pretty happy, won't you? Happy as Larry Bevan. Why am I happy? Leo won the Oscar. Oh yeah, really. Thrilled. <laughs> Thrilled for Leo. <laughs> Thrilled for him. He went to the race five times, John, and he was always runner-up. He's a bit like Mecca. Yeah. You know, Mecca went to Ironman, I think it was sixth time he won it, wasn't it? Yeah. It's the same for Leo. It's the Mecca slash Leo story. Yeah, but didn't, Leo didn't crumble, like Mecca crumbled usually. At some stage during the race, Leo well, just, he, did. He, Leo just didn't, he just didn't bribe the ju- judges. Oh, so that's how Mecca won it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he bribed the judges. Yeah, he bribed. He bribed the gods of Kona. <laughs> there we go. So there you go. John's pretty happy about Leo. He came in today and he's like, "Oh my god, did you hear about Leo?" And I was mm. like, "Yeah, shut up about Leo already." Yeah. I'm um, talking proudly brought to you by Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And some of our, and our patrons. Have we got some names here, John? Rich, Richard, the Prince of Darkness, Osborne. That's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. Nadine, Flower Power Voice. Sean, the Big Dipper, Bonsol. We've got, oh, how do you say one, John? Say Leon, Leonard's The Gifted Artist, Monterio. We've got The Two Wheel Predator, Paul Monk. Nice. You guys are you're amazing supporters of the show. And if you want to be an amazing supporter of the show, go to www.iamtalk.me. And it's all pretty obvious from there, Jombo. And this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a hot topic. I've got a really good hot topic for this week. Oh, no, we're sticking with mine. No, that mine has to happen this week. If, if we're gonna, I'm going to put it to you. I think you might be keen. I might just put mine up as a discussion point on Facebook so people can... Does yours have to happen this week? Well, I was kind of going to follow it on with a a, a sort of segment next week. Uh, Because I think... Well, let's just see. Okay. Let's just see. Let's just see. Uh, Statistic. Mm -hmm. We've got App of the Week. Oh, this is a new thing. Well, yeah, App of the Week. And I was going to ask people to send in apps and stuff as well that we can discuss. And uh, I just thought, you know, it can be helpful. Hungry, 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 I was going to say Angry, angry Birds. Birds. Your, yeah. What is your favourite app right now? I don't really use many apps. Um, My Fitness Pal. <laughs> I have to say I've got a really good game of 500. Right. Yeah. Do you like 500? Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. 500. Yeah. I reckon it's one of the best card games. I don't like playing on my phone much though. No, but do you like card no. games? Yes. What's your favourite card game? Oh, it'd have to be 500. Yeah, 500 is gold, isn't it? Yeah. Last, last card's pretty good. You should get the app. Sure. <laughs> last card's it's fun. <laughs> But it's Blackjack. not very skillful. Blackjack. It takes a lot of skill. What's a blackjack? Blackjack, 21. Oh, 21. It's because you love gambling. We've got an interview. Who's on for the interview, John? Well, you'll find out. If you want to be you'll a, find out. <laughs> if you want to be an Uberman, listen up. If you don't know what an Uberman is, that's who we're interviewing. That is mad. That's what it is, John. But we've got some questions and answers at the end. And then we've got some patrons. John Bo, coming up this weekend. It's, it's the big race of the year. Everyone in the world just thinks about this race. It's a stellar field. I'm in New Zealand. Well, it didn't used to be. I mean, it's, it's always been a, a long-standing race, but over the last number week, of really, years, the field hasn't been great. I mean, it's been a great Kiwi field. Um, it was a race for three, really, wasn't it? Yeah. You'd, yeah. Ha- you'd have Cam Brown and you'd have one or two others or you'd have Bevan Doherty and, yeah, you'd have maybe five good guys or something like that. This year, my goodness. It is a stellar field, and I think part a little bit of this will be the fact that um, Melbourne's not happening. But it's a great field outside of a championship. 
well, this is probably as strong as some of the championship fields. So just to refresh a little bit, last year, I mean, we know that Cameron Brown's the, the king of Taupo. Um, he got dethroned in 2013 by Bevan Doherty and then the following year by Marco Albert, but he came back last year and took it out over Dorenzo Bozzoni and Dylan McNeese. So it was very much the, the Kiwi show last year. And Meredith Kessler's just been dominating this really race. Um, one of the last three years in a row. And, and very impressive times. I remember in 2014, when she won in 908 that was uh, that was a seriously kick-ass performance um, and again last year went even quicker at 905 so she's looking pretty good so it's on pretty the- mind-blowing this thing that Brown took out the first Ironman New Zealand victory in 2001 mm. it's mm. mind-blowing mm. my mind is blown well uh, exactly like Leo's I, th- I think that maybe this year though he might not quite have that same aura around him. I don't think people, you know, and I think in the past, you'd have world champions, you'd have all sorts it's of people. It's like Crowley now, isn't it? Yeah, you go, Brownie's still going to be a real serious force to be reckoned with. And he with. could win it. Yeah, he could win it. But I don't think he's got that same aura about him now in terms of Brownie, Brownie's going to run race, a yeah. 240. He hasn't run a real fast time for a few years now. So I, I still think he'll be right amongst it. But I think he's not necessarily the best athlete on the, the line, but that doesn't mean to say he's going to win. So he is seeded number one. He's got bib number one. Um, according to Torsten Dougal Allen, who we saw racing in Wanaka uh, the week before, weekend before last, he's actually seeded number two by Torsten. Although the fact he had a pretty hard Wanaka, you'd think. Yeah, he could have a little bit of fatigue in the legs. But yeah. he's, he's an experienced campaigner. He's done a lot of this um, endurance. endurance race and uh, you know, ultra multi-day racing. So, yeah, he might not might not be quite on fire, but who knows? Some people do fire up on the on the second one as well. Um, but I think the, probably the race favourite that hopefully gets a bit of media coverage down here because Ironman New Zealand are very good with their media is Cyril Vinol, who is from France. Uh, he has been, last year, I think he was sixth in Kona. The year before, he was fifth. So, man, that guy is the business especially in the hot conditions Tom, yeah yeah so i guess that's a question is is he going there to clip the ticket um and we we haven't seen many people just clip the ticket you know we've had the marinda carfrey um and pete jacobs sort of things that they did but so they're yes, not allowed to do that now john they're not, they're not allowed no. to yeah so he if he's on fire, if he if he's in top shape, I think he is definitely the man to beat. If he's not in top shape, he still should, will be competitive if he's going to race at 100. He may be going out there and racing at 90 to 95%, so we'll wait and see, but he's the business. Terenzo Bozzoni is, is on the start line, hasn't really proved his medal at, at Ironman distance really regularly, despite that. I mean, he still finished second last year, so he's no, he's no mug. And he I'd, love, no, I'd actually love Terenzo to win it. Yeah, he was only six minutes behind Brownie, so he's not a mug, but he hasn't transferred what he can do at half across the full and then the list just goes on you got Paul Matthews Callum Millwood who had a great season last year finished fifth in um, Melbourne and, and had a couple of really good results Joe Skipper I mean he was down in Wanaka and didn't fire so he's, he must be in good shape if he was planning on coming down and doing the double you got Matt Hansen who is one of the fastest he's one of the fastest runners you should he's one of the fastest runners in the sport he won um, he won one of the regional championships last year okay. so if he's within 10 minutes of anybody coming off the bike um, he he's rated doing a 248 on on this particular course Clayton Fatale he'll be spanking it out there with uh, probably with Dylan McNeese early in the, the swim in the bike 
Pierre Bittner um, is sort of maybe a, a, more of a second tier guy, but still pretty strong. Matt Russell, who finished third in Monica a few weeks ago. Dylan McNeese. And then, uh, yeah, and then plus the rest, you've got a field of about 30 guys. And then Mark Bosted from New Zealand, he'll be right amongst the Guy well. Crawford? Guy Crawford will be up there. He won his first 70.3 last year. So it's a, uh, it's a fantastic field. Why did they make this a championship race? Well, they should have. So yeah, they made they it. Kansas, isn't it? It's like, well, and Kansas really? at the wrong time of year. Yeah, all the other. Like yeah. they're trying to divide them up. I mean, New Zealand seems the obvious choice. Yeah, and it would, um, yeah, and I think from the athletes' point of view, you know, it's the same time as Melbourne. Essentially, Melbourne was going to be a couple of weeks later, but if you know they pulled the plug pretty late in the piece, and they just said, "Okay, sorry guys, you're going to have to go a couple of weeks early, and it's going to be in New Zealand instead of oh, it's now in June." Oh, I was planning on doing uh, Frankfurt or yeah. Roche or something. So. Well, it's obviously it went to Kins because Kins wasn't that populated. The race wasn't at least, and so I was probably trying to draw people to that race. Oh, and purely financial in yeah, terms of yeah. But at the same time, this is a much better time to have one of the championship races on the calendar of the year. Mm, mm. So it's disappointing, really, isn't it? But but in saying that, we have got a very good field here. Yeah, although it's not a championship field. Well, I think it is relative. It's not quite it's, 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 compared to what we see at most. It's not Rote uh, or or, or um, Frankfurt. And it was not as strong as say what Melbourne was. Yeah, Melbourne but, definitely had a stronger field. But in terms of if you compare, like compare this to say the, the the South Africa and say the the North American Championship, I'd say that's pretty pretty close. Being a, I mean we're a bit biased because it's got you know, a number of Kiwis in there, but I'd still you say still that's, that you've got you've got Cyril. But mm. other than that, you don't have any top 10 guys. Mm. So it's going to be a very interesting race to watch, but yeah. Yeah, there's not that many top 10 kind of people. Yeah, there. yeah, that's that's the only difference. Whereas Melbourne, you're getting probably four top 10 kind mm. of guys there. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, so so on that level. But it's far out. We're what a race. We're happy. We are happy. John, I've never seen you look so happy. <laughs> the girl, girls race as well has got a, a smaller but stronger field. And by smaller, it's still got 24, 25 girls. Oh, that's which massive. Is, which is great. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of the strength, probably not quite on calibre with the, the the guys, but still pretty strong. So Meredith Kessler should um, should should go very well. But you got Lucy Gossage in there, and Lucy sort of has um, taken a, a real big step up last year in terms of her Kona performance. And uh, so if Meredith Kessler is not on fire, I think Lucy will be chomping at the bit. Gina Crawford um, should be good to go. I mean, she she DNF entity right now for me because for, for like just because she's kind of made the statement that I'm kind of moving away from the sport to the level that I have been over the last period of time. I'm just kind of curious to see if she got that last ten percent it takes. Hmm. You know to you know because she hasn't won home in New Zealand for a few years. She won it once, didn't she? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Back when Joe Lawn days, but you know since Meredith's come on, she's really kind of had the bridesmaid kind of role in the race so it'll be interesting to see I'd love her to win it don't get me wrong mm. but I'm just kind of curious to see is she putting the yards in there it would take mm. so yeah and then but then you've also got Carrie Lester who, who she also took a bit of a step up last year Amanda Stevens um, she'll be uh, leading out of the swim in fact I, wonder what, I don't actually know what the start time is but she'll catch most, seven, most of the guys no in terms of the oh, split the, between okay. the girls and the guys so she's a stellar swimmer as is uh, Meredith Kessler so they'll catch up to a few of the guys Candice Hammond um, who she had some great racing she finished third there in 2014 I think she went off and maybe had a baby I think uh, Maureen Hulf from Germany Laura Siddle who had a great race down in Wanaka um, so it's a yeah it's a good solid field you know? well, you've got based on Thorson's predictions you've got 17 girls who go under 10 hours mm. You know, back in the old days, you were 10 and a half as a female, you get top five. Yeah. 
Yeah. So great stuff. Yeah, no, this is this is great. It's going to be a really awesome race. Now I'm in New Zealand. They have the coverage on the internet, and it's normally pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, from memory. Yeah, it's. I mean, the, the they it's, keep the updated. I, I can't remember what um, what sort of TV coverage they had in the last couple of years, but in terms of the live feed, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do. Your prediction and, on both and, races, and, Cyril and then Meredith. Yes. And thankfully the forecast has changed. So I saw somebody post last week and I actually checked the weather forecast and this was like 10 days out and the forecast was for 10 days of rain. <laughs> and uh, thankfully that's changed. It's actually looking really nice now. So I have a theory in the life, John. Is right. Never trust long-range prediction. No, you don't really. Never trust. No. Never trust. Uh, so I was actually listening to a book recently and they're talking about a great book actually called Click. But they're talking about how much better we've got at predicting weather based on science. And they're saying that, you know, now our predictions two and a half days are what we were a day and a half. Mm. You get what I mean? So we're getting slowly, we're getting better mm. and better at predicting weather. Anyway. New Zealand's pretty tricky. So I'm in New Zealand, $75,000 race. So it's, it's okay money. It's not incredible. And it's a 2,000 pointer. So good luck to everybody racing this weekend. Okay. Another announcement that WTC sent through this week was that Ironman and Lifetime, the Healthy Way of Life company, today announced that this 2016 I'm oh, sorry, Women for Tri Board of Advisors with three new members, Joanna Graham, Rachel Joyce, and Lindsay Myers. The new advisors will join the nine returning members of the Women's for Tri Board of Advisors who collectively represent an impressive wealth of professional and personal achievements. So I think the interesting thing here is Joyce's joined on board, um, so we have to keep in touch with her to see where this is going because I think a lot of us don't really know what this women's board is actually achieving so I remember last year they came out and they ended up having the that sort of university program where they gave some scholarships out to females and some they gave grants to a whole bunch of clubs which are all all in America yeah. very much yeah uh, thanks a lot yeah but we didn't certainly didn't see the movement that the woman for try um, 50 to Kona didn't see any movement there and so it'll be really interesting to see how Joycey finds that and whether um, whether they're going to have any movement on the pros for uh, movement for female professionals or not because um, remember that I think, well, I think it, one it was, thing one thing it was um, Hilary Biscay was on there and she kind of just um, wasn't really what she wanted to be doing so she she didn't continue on that board so it'll be interesting to see how Joycey finds it and also she's gonna have Joycey's gonna have to combine that plus the woman the 50 woman for for Kona sort of thing and I think she's also was involved with the um that whole professional movement that's sort of not really gaining a lot of traction plus she's still got to try to win Kona well, she is a trained lawyer, which definitely helps. But mm -hmm. I think one thing that they have to, in competitor.com, they had, or triathloncompetitor.com, they had, the objective is really to increase the numbers of females competing. Yeah. And they're saying that last year, uh, so uh, now it's hard to say if, if they can really take the responsibility for this, but what they're saying in the first year, Women for Try helped increase female participation in Ironman and Ironman 70.3 events globally by 18%. Uh, by uh, to more than 62,000 female athletes. In addition, the initiative helped to raise more than 100,000 to grant uh, 24 grants, five scholarships. So mm. it's interesting, I don't think Women for Try can really take that much responsibility for that because how uh, much did we see it out there last year? Yeah, I would have thought that's the expansion of the 70.3s. You know, you're going to have, I would have thought, more females doing 70.3s than perhaps Ironman, so that may have helped. But, you know, this is it's great, great initiative and good luck to them. Well, it's just really good to see 80% growth. Mm. That's, that's mm. massive. Mm. You know, now again, have they tilted those numbers because it's more, it's just got more races on. It is interesting because Joycey has been such a big advocate of the 50, 
for, mm. and Kona. And she's butted here with, with Andrew Messick on quite a few times. I think they both respect each other, but you know they've got some clear differences of opinion. Yeah, so good on WTC for putting her on there. Mm. Uh, I'll be interested to see her experience of it. This weekend, Craig Percival is kicking off his 8 and 8 and 8 that we heard about a couple of weeks. So he's doing the 8 iron distance events, uh, well, 8 iron distance training days in the 8 different states of Australia. So if you want to go out there and support Craig um, at any of those venues, go check it out at nolimitsendurance.com.au. And we are going to try to line up a little interview with Craig on his, I think it's on Saturday, you won't be around Bevan but I'll, I'll, I'll take the hit, I'll, I'll do it for the team because I'm committed and we're going to try to catch Craig when he is on his second to last day when he's actually running the marathon so that will be interesting to see how his legs are responding and if he really wants to talk to us or not. Okay well, well, well he, yeah, cool, he, awesome Craig and we'll, John, good luck with that interview. Yes thank I'm you. Sure. But while we're at Actually meeting. it's on Saturday afternoon, I might be camping. I'll do it on Saturday. Yeah camping again? Yeah. Mm. Again, got the bug, Bevan. Where are you going to go? Glen Tunnel. Oh, I took Tyler Glen Tunnel once. Mm. Yep, good, good times. John Gary Fegan's just about finished his challenge as well. He fell over the other day. Has he managed to finish it? Has he? Well, he's doing. saying he's got one point four. Like literally right now, John. So nearly there an hour ago, he put on. He's probably finished it by now. He had one point four miles to go. If it takes him more than an hour, yeah, it's been hard. <laughs> <laughs> he's really struggling. So well done, Fegan. Now, one thing I forgot to do last week is I forgot to put the link on our website for the fundraising page. So mm. he's been going through a lot. He got hit by a car or something. He was crossing the road. Really? A car, car ran into him when he was crossing the road and that's when he fell over and really hurt his, really, his ankle was swelling up like a bloody pumpkin and uh, he'd cut some stuff on his knee. So he was he was worried he wasn't going to be able to carry on. So I haven't been really following it. But uh, he was, if you remember, he was trying to sort of do an extra mile every day for uh, yeah. starting, I think, started at five, so and supporting his... So on uh, Facebook, he's got uh, last day of silliness tomorrow. This week's stats, 176 miles, over 26 hours, one near miss with a transit van and a bruised foot. <laughs> so, and uh, so yeah, again, I'll put a link to our website, on our website to his page, because he's doing a really great job of fundraising. And I imagine he's pretty tired right now. Mm. So what nice I'm thinking, it's a great effort. Somebody John. else who's suffering a bit is a Fredino. We had yeah, Peter Colson flick, flick through um, an email, not an email, a post of his Twitter feed, and he's got a tear of his soleus. So I don't know what racing he had planned coming up, but he'll obviously be it's out for a little while. It's good to have an injury, but isn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, grade two tears are going to vary massively as to, to how bad they are. So it's not a grade three, but uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be out for of, of, of running, and maybe cycling for, for a couple of months. I don't think it'll impact his cone too much, to be honest. He's not going to have to... What about Root? Good point. So where are we now? No, I think it's to be... Well, so he's going to be out for March and April for running. Still gives him May and June. Mm. Probably not Probably not optimal, but he'll still be on fire. Yeah. Mm. Hopefully he's... We want him on fire, don't we? We, we do want, want him on we fire. We want him on fire. But we also want him on fire for Kona, you know? Imagine if we had a really fantastic weather conditions... I want a tough day. I want a killer. He, he could go sub eight over there. Oh, okay. You want him to go sub eight? Mm. We haven't had a killer Kona in a while. Last year, well, it was good, but we haven't had like a. Uh, I don't think. I mean, I think we've only really had the odd killer year like you had. That was that yeah. was anomaly. I want that again. So 2014, when I did it, that was pretty windy. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty cool on the run. Last year, it was very hot on the run. So I don't. Yeah. I think our vision of having those absolute get blown off your bike days are pretty. Th- Pretty limited, but still pretty windy. You know, it was reasonably windy that year. I did it. Okay, make a prediction, John. Mm. How many years do you think it's going to be before we see SO8 there? Because like we've got the guys now, haven't we? We've got especially if we get like 
you know, next year the Olympic guys coming through. Yeah, so if it, I, I think at the moment probably the only guys that could do it would be Frodo and, and Gomez. Um, and on, on, a, on, Perfect a, day. on a really nice weather day with some good pace on, yeah, you know, and maybe a little breakaway on the bike, and they can don't have to sit around in the the draft zone all the time. But yeah, those those dudes could go sub eight over there. So how many years? Crow, Crow, Crow went pretty close, and he was eight, 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 wasn't it? I think it's quicker than that, but could be I could be wrong. No, you know, you may be right. Anyway, <laughs> okay, I, I think you could be about right. Yeah, uh, thanks. Qu- quick question for you guys out there. And we'll come back to this in a couple of minutes. Torsten on tryrating.com's done a cool little post. Bevan, you may have even prompted this because I think you asked me a few weeks ago if Cameron Brown was fastest over iron I'm sure distance. I did I saw Torsten went Bevan genius yeah. here's an idea and so what Torsten's done he's gone through um, and put up the sort of the, the, the records for different countries who's who's done the fastest Ironman so maybe have a think while we do the next section so what we want you to do is you've got to think of my country who's got the record are we going to go through all of them no we'll just go through a couple of random ones because we want yeah. people to go to Torsten's site as well okay. it's, and there's, a, there's definitely a few surprises in there okay John's ITU update John they're doing oh. a new innovation they are, which it's is Kitzburg, fantastic. Kitzbühel. Kitzbühel. So this is where they held the the uphill one a few years ago. I yeah, I remember. That. Which I actually sounded really cool. Wasn't that exciting to watch? Well, it wouldn't have been. But it wasn't because Brownlee just smoked yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> um, the girls was pretty interesting. There was quite a few changes. And the race for second and third, but Brownlee was just absolutely decimated. Just them. showed his strength. Though, yeah, on the bike. And on the run. Yeah. He just killed them. So what they're doing this time around, though, and it's a shame that this is not part of the World Championship Series. Let me just double check. I'm sure it's not. Um, they're basically doing a different format where <clears throat> they'll do a, a time trial um, a, a super the morning, super, super sprint time trial so I think it's like half sprint distance or something and then the people who the highest qualifiers in that will then go through to the the final and then they'll uh, go healthily over the same same distance but the the second race is um, is more of a more of a race as opposed to a time trial so it's the thing is yeah it's not um, not part of the main series if they did this as part of the main series then it would be Cool, but I'd also like to just see jeepers. <laughs> <laughs> Bird flew in through the window. <laughs> um, uh, it would be nice to see, you know, a pure time trial. Just, right, who's the fastest time trialer out here and maybe make it uphill or whatever. And not have a second race. And not have a second race. Because what, what they're doing here is in the morning, everyone can compete, and then the top 30 times mm. will race. And again, the race in the afternoon is still just a short super sprint. Mm. I think even shorter than the super sprint. And, and this is, it's more targeted at the second tier athletes so it's targeted at juniors and 23 so their, their rationale is you know we'll get lots of people there to yep. do both races and they may have a B final I don't know uh, time trial and then boom into into the finals so you can't muck around in the time trial it'll be pretty competitive but I think it's great innovation and hopefully we see a bit more of this they do a similar thing in um, when they do the race in Hungary and Tisavarius where they have uh, a heat and then a final um, so I think this is going to be fantastic well one thing they are saying here is that uh, the director, Hugwig Grabner, I'm going to say. Great. Uh, we are sure that this new format will highlight the ability of individuals to perform. The shorter distances in the final will be highly attractive to TV broadcasters, hmm. which I think is a big motivation behind what we're doing hmm. here, which will enable us to show spectators how fast and attractive our sport is, which is something they need to do. Yep. Also this weekend, we've got the first round of the ITU World Triathlon Series in Abu Dhabi, and it's going to be 
good racing, but we don't have the Brownleys there. We don't have uh, Gomez there either on the guys' side of things. So the likely contenders are going to be Mario Mola and Richard Murray and possibly Fernando Alaza from Spain. So it's on the, the guys' side of things. So you're always getting, getting a quality field at these races, but the Abu Dhabi course um, looks pretty flat and stuff. So you know we, we may still see some, some breakaways and stuff, but when you've got guys like Mario Mola and Richard Murray who are usually... <coughs> And the second or possibly even the third group for Richard Murray, they'll be driving pretty hard to pull it together on the bike. And when you don't have guys like Gomez and Brownlee's really driving that front pack, it's hard to see that there'll be a, there'll be a breakaway on the guys' side of things. But guys, if you if you you know you guys are going through winter and stuff, it's 19 euros or something to get the season pass for the ITU. So it's just great. It means you've got something to go and look at when you're on the trainer. You can don't need to do it live. They've got all the delayed coverage. It's fantastic value. For money and uh yeah check it out got girl side of things it's very much uh, quite an open door there in terms of no gwen jorgensen so the race is pretty much anybody's a lot of the top girls aren't there but you've still got sarah true and katie savaris who were two of the the very top top girls on the the circuit last year along with rachel Klamer and uh flora duffy so again some really good girls but you know <clears throat> a lot of the UK, the British girls are not there, so yeah, should be should be good racing. But a lot of the the Rio hopefuls are going to save their, keep their powder dry for a little bit longer in the the, the off season. It's, it's interesting times, isn't it? Like, <clears throat> when would you want to when do you want to really start to build towards Rio? Um, I think a lot of them will come out in, in the Gold Coast and then just sort of build on from there. But you know, everybody's got different strategies on this season. Yeah, you know, I think. You know, like Andrea Hewitt, um, last was it last year? But I think the last two years, she's had her formula dialed in perfectly. Yeah, she's been peaking at the the grand finale, um, and she usually race, starts racing um, pretty pretty early in the season. So I think you know a few of them will skip that one, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see them starting to come on mass either to to Gold Coast or, or Cape Town, and then really start to to build from there. But I think you will see a few of the the big guns being a bit more selective in their racing this year. Andrea's chances of a medal. Oh, she's very much the, the, the sort of one of quite a few. You know, so Gwen Jorgensen's the raging hot favourite. And then you've probably got a couple of other girls, non Stanford and maybe one or two others who you'd say more than likely would beat Andrea. And then Andrea's probably about another five of them that'll be sort of battling for that sort of bronze and possibly the silver. Pretty much like London, where she got she fourth or fifth in London. Yeah, she? London was unfortunate. She just couldn't keep that run up, eh? Hey? Yeah, so she's not she's not quite the pure runner that some of those girls are she's got huge guts levels and um very talented been around for a long time now too yeah, isn't she yeah but just not quite that pure runner that some of those girls are but yeah certainly would not be surprised if she gets a medal okay john the question is which which who's the record holder of your country now before i look at it hmm. new zealand you got it right the other day I don't know, Richard Usher. so you but but yes. that was no it wasn't no no you're wrong sorry it was richard usher but cam brown i think yeah. we discussed it cam okay. brown took it over cam brown thankfully is our he's got a sub eight hasn't he no he hasn't he's got a eight hours and 12 seconds kicking himself so that was the race in melbourne where oh that's right with crowey crowey 12 seconds so your palms who would have you have thought for for great for you for the united kingdom for the motherland. I th- it was for quite some time. I think it was Tom Lowe. I think he held the record for quite a while from Arizona maybe. And you might have thought, you know, maybe someone like Joe Skipper or someone like that maybe starting to get there. But it's actually a Kiwi. It's Paul Amy. So how does he get that? 801. Was he married a Pommy girl or something? No, he's got a British passport. Ooh. So that was uh, 
no, no surprise probably on the the German Germany the Andreas Rayler at 7:41 from Rote. Um, but I think Paul Amy was probably my main surprise out of the guys. But Americans, that's a quite a tricky one. Oh, okay, well, I haven't looked at it. Americans. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd go, is it Mark Allen? No, he probably didn't go and do Rote or anything no. like that. And Arizona wasn't around in those no, days. And the sub-8s back in those days weren't. Is American under eight? Yes, it is. So it's like a Starkowitz or something, is it? Well done. 755 at Florida. Yes! So, uh, you know... You wouldn't say he's necessarily the, the best American of all time. No, um, but know, on a fast course. On a fast course, and that dude can ride the bike. So a lot of the other ones are unsurprising. Aussies. Mega? Yeah, 754. Yeah. Okay, right. keep going, keep going. And then on the, the girls' side of things, um, let's see. So uh, Great Britain's obviously very, very obvious. Australia is, is pretty obvious. New Zealand is not obvious at all. The fastest female New Zealander. <clears throat> Of all time. Mm. So we've obviously had Aaron Baker, but that was a bit before sort of the sub nine era. Um, and then you've obviously got Gina, and then you've got uh, Joe Lorne, who's been very good as well. Is it like Candace Hamming or something? No. Britta Martin, 856, Ironman Western Australia. Wow. Really? 856? Mm. Surely it's. We've had faster. Surely Gina's gone faster than that. I think Gina's always been around that sort she's of She's done market. some eights. Yeah, she's definitely done several eights, but it must have been 57, 58, 59. Oh. She's. So that was probably the big surprise for me on the the um, the girls' side of things. Wow, yeah, America! Who we got from America? Mm, yeah, it's reasonably obvious. No, not really. No, no, I wouldn't yeah. say it's obvious. Yeah, Lindsay Corbin, eight forty-two at Ironman Austria. One thing that Torsten didn't do in this. So Canada, he put down Brent McMahon, Ironman Arizona, seven fifty-five, and apparently didn't include Peter Reed's time there because that was the year he did when he did. Austria, and it was very much known that the course was significantly short, and he ran like he admitted to it on the show, didn't he? Two thirty something. Yeah, but still, I don't know. I think Austria is short every year from the stats I've seen, and yeah. likewise with Rote. So I think kind of if you do the race, probably have to include the stats, unless for weather reasons they've quite shortened the course a little bit. So there you go. Nice work, Torsten. You guys can check it out. Try, try rating says, um, Lionel Richie, Lionel Sanders actually sent him a tweet saying uh, Peter Reed did finish in seven fifty one in nineteen ninety nine. However. It accepted that the marathon in um, Canada's short. Peter ran through 235, probably more than a K short. Mm. Yeah, but that's the problem. I'm sure a lot of the other races where records are held. Exactly. Yeah, that's the problem. Come on, team. Sharpen up. Okay, Jombo. Uh, sponsor, or do you want to do discussion first? Do discussion of the week. So this week's discussion. If you could win any event, endurance event, and any event outside of endurance sport, what would you choose? And if you're going to choose a, an outside endurance sport, you had to choose a sport that was an individual sport. So it couldn't be like the Rugby World Cup, which we know everybody in the world wants to win. Mm. So, Jombo, let's start to read these out. Joe Spragans, it's got to be the Olympics. Kona would be cool, but winning a gold medal for your country is surely an unbelievable experience. Number two, he had uh, F1, the Formula, uh, the Monaco Formula One Grand Prix. Good old Michael Kennedy's got the old F1 triathlon series. St. George, etc. Yeah, 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 that would be fantastic. And then number two, the Olympic triathlon. James Wilson said Kona, and his second choice was the Monster Energy Cup. It's like a supercross thing in America. Have you done Luke Peel? No. Okay, Luke Peel uh, would have to be number one Kona, and then line ball between Olympic 100 meter sprint or Latour. Uh, Chrissy McKinley, grinder, was at the Olympic gold and triathlon or the Western States Endurance 100 mile up purely for the belt buckle kudos. Jumbo. Have you, have you, have you been to a dentist recently? 
No. I'm just trying to figure out if it's my time for my annual visit. Grinder, let me know. <laughs> because because I just I was doing my teeth last night and I was like, it's been a year since I've been. Mm. But you went not long before me last time. Right. So um, that's what reminded me. So I'm just thinking, uh, Jeff Curry, best one. T2, because Bevan is my hero. Jeff, you're mm, a legend. Yeah. I love to win the Tour de France clean, which is impossible, Jeff. So you've got no hope. Uh, Melissa, Melissa Uri says, uh, number one, Ultraman Hawaii. Number two, the 100-meter track Olympic gold. Just love the love between Jeff Curry and the wise one here because James Bartel goes, the, the explosion nails it. And then Jeff Curry goes, cheers, wise, wise one. <laughs> I like that. Uh, who'd you say? Uh, Melissa Uri. Okay, I'm going to go Steve Morris, up to Wes. Number two, Paris Rubé. Perry Robe, uh, Clyde Rosanowski, uh, the Olympic triathlon, and number two, the Olympic fifteen hundred meters on the track. Okay, I'm going to go with. Uh, have you done Pete Gethins? No. Uh, Kona. Why wouldn't I be this be my try answer? Mm-hmm. And then, what's that one? Little Rod. Never heard of it. No, never heard of it. I'll do some research. Very good, Bevan. What's your uh, what's your what's your take? The question is, it's really a two thing, is it? Olympics mm. or Kona? Mm. I think you're going to say Olympics. Yes, I would. Yep. You've got to say for a lifetime in New Zealand if you win an Olympic gold medal, like uh, you still got to market yourself. There's some Olympic gold medalists in New Zealand who don't do very well for themselves. Yeah, but if you know, you don't have to be you're a bit of a schmuck if you, you know, yeah. sell some meat. Yeah, you know, yeah. if you're a girl, yeah. sell some meat. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on what you want because you kind of go, I want prestige. Olympics is, mm-hmm. although it's a disregard the Olympic race is pretty foolish of me. But winning Kona would be pretty cool. Yeah, I still think the Olympics would be cooler. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm going to Olympics as well. Jim. Yeah. You convinced me. And then in terms of outside the Olympics, hundred like, meters, come on, uh, be the fastest man in the world. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I think it, for me, though, to winning a, an uphill Tour de France stage would be cool to experience. Not even to win the Tour, you just want a stage. You don't aim high. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just think it'll be... I mean, we kind of experienced it a little bit in rote, riding up the, the, the solid oh, yeah. climb. And when the year that I did it, it was I was with the lead girls, and so the crowd was going nuts, and it was bloody off-putting. I didn't actually enjoy it very much. Oh, yeah, I, I, I was uh, I was just freaking out a little bit. Um but I would love to know what it's like to ride a, a, a coal in France on the just final the whole the way. Final thing when it's the taxi all going on all over the place and you're you're either just off the front, you know, it's it's pretty small margins and those crowds that just get in your face. I don't think it'd actually be very enjoyable because you'd be freaking out trying not to crash into people. But um, I'd still love to have the experience of doing that. I, I think 100 meters. Mm, that would be very cool. I have to say, you know, the documentary I was telling you about. The one you tell us about documentaries every week, Bevan. Well, because maybe I should have this week in documentaries. You go for it. Because I do. Because I'm watching one on the um the uh South, no, not the Celtics. The what's what's the Detroit Pistons basketball team in the early '90s, which is pretty good right now. But anyway, that one about Ben Johnson and Carl Lewis and stuff and the drug cheats. Right. So what's really fascinating in the documentary is that they kind of point the finger at Lewis's team for dragging Johnson in the drugs room. <laughs> no, 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 because what happened was one of Lewis's, and this is ESPN, this isn't no, you know, yeah. crappy, you know, so it, basically what happened was Lewis's team put one of their team members, because they got him in the drug testing room while Ben Johnson was there, mm. and he gave him some beers. And at the end of the documentary, because everyone was saying, why would he have been on drugs? Because you didn't mm. need to be on drugs that close to the event. Mm. 
So what they did, so then they got Ben Ben Johnson on, and, and he's gone. Um, the guy who actually came in admitted me that he he drugged me, <laughs> and then they then the guy wasn't on the interview, but the guy quoted them. They asked him, "Did you do it?" And he said, "I'm not going to say I didn't do it, but I'm not going to say I did do it either." And so it was pretty fascinating, mm. very fascinating. Good documentary. It's called Nine Point Seven Six or something. And if you've got Netflix and you've got the US version, it's a really good doco. Anyway, um, Jonbo, this week's okay. Here's my here's my idea for the discussion of the week. Okay, there's a big topic happening in New Zealand right now, John. What is it? Oh, the flag. Yeah, fantastic. I love it. We've done this. One. No, no, but voting's happening soon, isn't it? I think, yeah, I think it must be in the next week or so. Now, John, I don't care. I'm on the fence. I care. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is why this is a good discussion. I'm on the fence. I'm kind of going, I do like the new flag and I kind of like the idea that it's patriotic and all that kind of stuff. And then I go, yeah, I like tradition and stuff as well. So I'm on the fence. I don't care either way. I've got to vote. <laughs> so so the discussion is, what can John do to get my vote? I'm not doing anything. You just, no, no, I'm not doing that. You're not it's doing a it? stupid discussion. You don't, want to, you don't want to do a dare to get my vote? No. Ah, oh, John, I thought that was a great idea. No, bad idea. Okay, I'm going old flag. <laughs> Go for it. I'm di- I'm disappointed in you. Very, and anybody who votes for the old flag, I'm disappointed in you too. Get with the program. We're so not part of the UK. Pitch, yeah, what's your sales pitch? We're not part of the UK anymore, and we're not. We don't want to be like Australia. We want our own unique identity. And look at all the other countries that changed, and their flag looks so much better. God, I thought, I thought you'd be really keen on that idea. I thought you'd no. love it. You no. do a deer, 50 pun- press-ups, I'll give you a flag. I'll just get Joe to find out what you did and I'll punch you in the face <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you voted against <laughs> yeah, me. punch me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of doing a deer, you'll resort to violence. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning a lot about you. <laughs> My using. one's so much better than yours, you're going to cringe. So obviously we've had, uh, we had Grant Schofield on talking about the low-carb, high-fat diet and I am going to harp on a little bit about this because I'm experimenting on myself. So in terms of my opinions on it, I've had quite a few people email me asking me about uh, my experiences with it so far and I'm going to share some of those next week. But a lot of people um, have been giving feedback as to whether it's worked for them or, or it hasn't. So I'm just keen to get feedback from people. If you've tried the low-carb, high-fat, what have your experiences been like, good or bad? And maybe if you haven't been doing that and you've tried some other nutritional approach that's worked really, really well for you, um, share those and we'll go into it next week. So we can have some shared experiences because that's the thing. There's not a huge amount of research out there saying this is gold for everybody. Yeah. It's, 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 but if you've done it and it's been a complete flop for you, why and if you tweak things how did you make it work for you i think the other thing as well is the good and the bad when we talk about the bad Mm. is is the life side of it because i think one of the things that the world isn't set up for this and so like in some ways when you make different when you have this kind of diet choice suddenly life you become that person who's absolutely you know and and you know for some people that's not a problem but for others that actually pushes them away from doing these types of things so when we look at the bad side of it it's what have been some of the struggles that you know like Mm. the social kind of pressure and And it's a pain in the ass around like i've been going going really low and um yeah belinda's been expressing her opinions on it from time to time oh really um is very good at expressing her opinion. i'm gonna <laughs> give her a hard time i'm teaching a class the other morning pub on sunday morning i finish on the job i'm never i'm very really late walking the door is blind i'm happy to see hey blind how you going she goes what time is this it's <laughs> the first thing she said to me. <laughs> i look at the clock and it was like 10 oh 10 seconds yeah so blinda think love first then you can criticize me i'd probably i'd probably upset that morning or something yeah, exactly. Fire. Every time John Newsom's ten minutes late to the show. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, because it is, if you're trying to do the ketosis side of things, it is, pretty it, it's, uh, it's pretty out there in terms of, some people might not think it is, but you pretty much can't eat any fruit. I mean, it's very difficult to eat any fruit and, and stay below. Are you missing things? Yeah, yeah. But I'm only going to go into the stage at the moment for, for a short period and then I'll go back to a, a, a low-carb diet. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to have some My extra fruit. Is I like all foods. Mm. And I hate the idea of... Yeah, yeah. I know that's, that's, that's one of the downfalls. Though, and that's where we want to get people's, people's feedback. So. Because, like, you know, like it's, it's a whole no-sugar thing right now. Like, in my breakfast every morning, I have toast, which is I'm going to die because I'm in carbs. Mm-hmm. And I have peanut butter, but one of my pets, I have three bits, and my last bit, I have strawberry jam. And I know there's heaps of sugar in strawberry jam, but I love it. And yeah. I don't have too much sugar in my diet, and it's like, I like food. Yeah. And so that's my issue with it. Anyway. Um, Athlinks.com. Sponsor. Check out there. They've got quite a few new things coming out this season that they're pretty excited about. I'm season. Not gonna, yeah, because obviously they're going into the North American season because they're very much paired up with uh, Chrono Track, which is a timing company now. Oh, are they? Uh, so it's going to be, I think there's going to be some quite innovative little things coming out where... Timing company as in like at races? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think there's some cool things coming out. But also check out their Athlinks page. They've actually got some... Uh, on some, Facebook? On Facebook, sorry. Yep. Uh, they've got some cool things. Um, on there, just some cool little quotes. Bevan, you might get this one. People are constantly telling me to go jump in the lake. How the heck do they know that I'm training for a triathlon? Uh, that's why That's why people tell me it, John. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if, you, if you're just uh, sitting at work right now and you're a little bit bored, check out their Facebook page. They've got loads of good stuff on there. And they've also got plenty of links off to their blog, um, sort of what races to compete in this season. Um, they've got things on um, winter training tips, um, on doing sort of snowshoeing and things like that. So I know for a lot of you guys, especially Canadians and uh, a lot of you Europeans, you are sort of battling through. Through. I love this one here. There's um, there's no I in team, but there is in running, swimming, and cycling. But did you see the person who's put it down? They've got someone there. There is an I in team. It's hidden in the A-hole. And, <laughs> and have you got the capital A? Yeah, that's gold as well. That's gold. Yeah. <laughs> so Athlinks keep all your results stored in one place. It, it literally takes about two or three minutes to, to, to create a new entry in there in terms of event. I have my recent one up there. I'm gonna. I put all those ones. I, I haven't claimed the Auckland Marathon mainly because I didn't finish, um, but also have my, up there. I had my my recent win at the Lake uh, Lake Crichton International Triathlon. What you can do, team, is you can do what John does. Is you can just make it look like you only ever did good races yeah. and not put your bad ones in there. So you look like a legend. You, you are able to do that. What so, happened in Auckland? I was thinking about it the other day. What happened on the Auckland races? Just a bad day. Uh, I've been injured and then, and then my legs just blew out halfway. That's right. Got to, it had to be in to win though. It wasn't interested in just going doodling around the course. So check it out, athlinks.com. Okay, athlinks.com, guys. Check, if you aren't on there and you've been listening to the show for years, sharpen up. Mm. Sharpen up. Okay, John, but what are we moving to next? Let's have a look at this here, my little show. App of the week. Okay, I'll put some music on. Cool. <laughs> App of, of the week. week. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't quite sure how long you're going to drag the app out for. Yeah, or I went like quite that. deep as well because I've been losing my voice recently. Um, John, by app of the week. It's, new, it's, it's I think we have done this in the past, mm. but it hasn't been a regular segment. So no. we're, we're we're bringing it back because basically John's using my fitness pal. Well, no. Also, we had Martin King Sheard pop us a note in here because I've, I've I mentioned this a couple of shows ago and we talked about it with uh, Grant Schofield as well. Um, he said this is a website. It's like he's got a link through to a website called ruled.me 
and uh, we'll have the, the link in the show notes on iamtalk.me. But I was sort of saying, you know, this this app is telling me I'm going to be a fat bastard because yeah. I'm having way too much fat and what are you doing? You're going to kill yourself. But you can apparently go on there and you can customise your MyFitnessPal, which is our app of the, one of our apps of the week, to a low-carb, high-fat diet. So it's not always, you're not always being told you've taken 150% of your fat allowance. So is this, is, rule.me is just showing you how to change, configure your MyFitnessPal? Yes, but, okay. but then they are trying to sell you loads of other things as well. Yep. They've got, um, looks like they've got recipe books. It's very much a, a keto diet um, website so if you are looking at going into ketosis or something there's probably loads of good tips on um, is how ketosis to do like where you get the funny breath yeah you can do it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so basically it's the, the Aitkins uh, it's basically no carbs or yeah. you know minimal it's basically below 50 grams of carbs per day um, so it doesn't have to be the Atkins but yeah basically Similar, yeah. pretty much no carbs so um yeah so the app is my fitness pal um but also i've got another one as well which i've been using over the last week which is uh called easy diet diary and the reason i started using that one is because it was linked into a, a software program called foodworks which is what we're using with our with my, my study and so Guys, whether you're trying to do low carb, high fat, or whatever your diet is, I just I've just found it really, really interesting to track exactly what you're going to eat for say four to seven days, and what these apps are going to do are then they're going to tell you the sort of macronutrients mm-hmm. breakdown, all the micronutrients as well, and it's um, I've just found it really interesting, especially this one that I use, the Easy Diet Diary. It's really easy to see as you're moving through the day how many carbs you've had, how much protein you've had, how much fat. It's got a little summary over the top, and um, and it's it, it, in my opinion, if you are wanting to do the ketosis and go really low carb, it's it's the only way to go. Otherwise, you just you don't have a clue. Or you know, the other day I was uh, the kids. I was making the kids these these nachos, sort of with um, I make them with lentils and sort of vegetarian stuff, and. Uh, and I just I'll just have a couple of couple of corn chips. Oh mate, you cheated! You <laughs> cheated! I, I didn't cheat. I still plugged it in, and but I didn't plug it in before I'd actually done it. And I had like eight chips, and it was like fifteen grams of carbohydrates. Oh, like that's your half your daily allowance gone by having eight chips. And so little things like that is where it can help keep you on track if you're trying to go really low carb for for a certain period of time. Um, and it's the, they're both free and just fantastic little resources, especially the My Fitness Power one. Food labels, you just scan them, boom, and you just say how big a serving it is. You don't necessarily, it's, they've all got good estimates. Instead of having to get the scales out every time, you can say that's about a handful of almonds or whatever, and that should get you close enough to, to giving you a good ballpark figure. And as I said, like Bevan's not, do, not interested in low-carb, high-fat, but I think for a lot of you guys, it's just really interesting to see the quantity of food you're taking in. And also, I think. Well, you can also input, like in my fitness pal, you can put your exercise output. Yep. So, you, you know, if you are someone who believes in that kind of energy out, energy in kind of thing, you can kind of get a gauge. Um, I did it a while ago. I did my fitness pal just to see where my diet was going, and, and it was pretty good, really. But I did realize I was probably eating maybe a little bit too much. Yep. Um, and so I just made a couple of small little reductions. And I think really, what was really good, if you, again, the Bob Sebahar interviews, his is more sort of that um, metabolic efficiency around periodizing your eating a bit, you know, on your heavier days, maybe eating a little bit heavier training days, eating a bit more, on your lighter training days, eating a little bit less, and just looking at what you're eating is, um, I found it really, really interesting. With the other app that I use, Easy Food Diary, then you can if you're a nutritionist or if you buy the software it's expensive software to buy but then you can import it in and then it just gives you all these different reports and um, that's why i'm actually going off to do my lecture today 
well, no, it was telling me oh, I was... Uh, 500 bucks for the software. Yeah, no, it's a nutritionist sort of yeah. software. Uh, it was telling me I think I was having 250% of my protein for the per day, but I think that was from a sedent, sedentary... I think I had it set as a sedentary male rather than a, an yeah. active male. But uh, I well, found it great. an extremely active male too. Mm. So... Hey, so, so with your 50 grams of carbohydrate right now, mm. is it a choice or is it, it just gets done because you're eating? Like, do you get to go, here's my 50 grams or... Uh, you got to be you, well. That's the thing you learn really quickly when the, you're doing using these apps is where your carbs are, and you go, oh, "Shit!" <laughs> Didn't yeah. realize there was that many carbs in that. Yeah. Um, and that's you know, like the little things, like the cashew nuts. You know, like Grant said, you know, you just trim those back here and there. But 50 grams is next to nothing. So I, I was um, I was sort of shooting for about 30 to 35. Most days it would be sort of in the 40 to 45. But that's you know that is, you know, you're just getting little traces here and there. So like my I, I changed from having milk. To having say coconut milk or almond milk because there's quite a bit of it's sugar costing you heaps. Uh, well, yes and no, but I mean, you know, you have a bottle of wine here and there, and you pay fifteen bucks for a bottle of wine, and that'll last you, you know, a couple of hours if that. Yeah. And um, whereas so you, you know, wine or, now or you, uh, and a red wine. <laughs> Savior. I discovered red wine. I was like, I wasn't going to have any alcohol at all, and then I thought, I'm going to red wine zero. Jeez. Onto it. But yeah, it's it's definitely not a lifestyle that I want to follow. You know, I like having beers, and I'll continue to have a beers. Yeah. Um, but it's just for me at the moment, it's just a little project, and it's, it's I'm finding it really interesting. In terms, I'll talk about the rest next week because I wanted this to lead on to next yeah. week. Yep. I was going to share some of my experiences around training and and how I've actually felt going with the the low side of things. Okay, so that, the app is My Fitness Pal, also <coughs> uh, Easy Food Diary. And uh, if you want to go to that website, it is ruled.me, and it's got all the how you can change the uh, configuration. Yeah, that's right. Okay, John, stats fantastic. It's fantastic. So I've got three little stats for you today. I was sitting there yesterday thinking, cut off time for Ironman, how fast do you actually have to go? That's so a good one, John. I like that. Three little stats. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so an Ironman, you've got to get out of the water. On the two twenty mark, you've got to yep. be out of wherever the crossover point and this is. This may vary from time to time. This is the this is the Kona numbers. It's pretty much yeah, you've saved me everywhere, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah. There's a slight tweak here that we'll go into in a moment. But okay. Yeah. So if I'm gonna do two hours twenty in the water, how fast or slow do I have to be swimming? Three minutes forty per hundred meters. Wow. That is because I, I, I don't want to insult people when I say that, but it is slow. Yeah, there's there's not many I mean you, you see there's not many people that are putting that two hours twenty mark. Okay, so then you're going to do an, a bike ride of 180 k's. Um, how many k an hour do you have to ride? 20 k an hour, which is 13 miles an hour, and that's assuming that you've hit the maximum allowance for the swim as well. Because it says in the rules, cut off two hours 20 for the swim. The cutoff for the bike is 10 hours and 30 minutes. Yeah, so, so if you do ba- an hour you've basically swim, got eight hours to, yeah, to do so the bike ride. So you can ride. do nine hours if you want to go longer if you go faster in your swim. And then the bike, based on the same kind of philosophy, the run. Oh, sorry, the run that's based on the same kind of philosophy. So your marathon, you've got how long? Six hours and 20 minutes. Again, very slow. And you're going what kind of K pace? Nine minutes per K or 14 minutes 30 per mile. Which is insane. That, that, I think that's the, hardest, that's the hardest yeah. target out of the three. Yeah, totally. Nine minutes per K is... You know, because when we look at a marathon, a lot of people sit around that five and a half hours for a marathon... Mm. And that's not after doing an Ironman. No, that's 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 pretty that's brisk walking nine minutes. Yeah. Okay, that's not uh So you, but you'd kind of hope that you've swam faster, bike faster, so you've got longer. Exactly. You know, there's definitely people that have run splits that are longer than seven hours, six hours, and twenty minutes. Yeah, Ironmans, definitely. Yeah, a lot. 
but I th- there's not many that are in that sort of two hour 20 you know most people are out of the water under an hour and a half so that gives you an extra hour to add on to your, either your bike or your run um, there's plenty of people that sort of are riding between it seven must, and eight it must suck if your whole day is just trying to stay off the clock yes you know just getting under you come in at two two eighteen, yes and you come in you know at 10 29 and then you get in just before 17 hours mm. it'd be kind of a pressure filled day wouldn't it i just can't comprehend being out there for 17 hours no especially in kona no no and i just although it would be not once the sun goes down and stuff it'll be obviously a bit like cooler but well, i think there's i think there's two ways of looking at it because you're going to say well sure we don't know what it's like to go for that long but it's a lot lower intensity yeah mm. yeah you know like i think if you were to do a 50 percent effort so on you know our epic camp days you know if it was an easy day you know or when i rode 300 k's it was that was 12 hours and that yeah, it wasn't that big a deal yeah i could quite comfortably keep going at that whereas effort. if you tried to stay within zone moderate hard yeah, yeah. the whole day that would have been a different beast yes. and so but then saying that slower people aren't necessarily their intensity isn't easy sometimes as no. well but you know for i imagine most 17 hour people are probably going at intensity it's a lot Percentage-wise. Yeah. Okay, John Boy, we've got an interview coming up. Yes, we have. So Daniel Bursu is the man we're going to talk to. Now, I contacted him uh, a little just last week, actually, and you're going to hear a little bit about that. Now, Daniel doesn't know about our show, and he thinks we're Australians, and, yeah. I, and I couldn't well, be bothered. He knows we're from New Zealand, but he thinks we're Australian. Yeah, so he um, he does. I think he thinks we're Australians. So and He thinks you guys are all Australian, basically. Yeah, so uh, it sounds like a cool, cool little event, and I couldn't be bothered pulling him up saying, we're actually from New Zealand. And so, actually, it's an international audience. Yes. Yeah. So here comes all you need to know about Uberman. Here we go. Get in the taxi, John. Get an Uber. Here we go. So uh, last week I managed to have a, uh, I got this random email from some, um, I don't know, some magazine or something, and I was just had a quick scan through it, and I saw something called the Uberman, and I just thought to myself, well, that's going to be another sort of uh, just a, a standard triathlon, something hard that's going to... Um, you know, can't call themselves Iron Man. Um, so I thought, oh, I'll just check it out. And uh, I was somewhat surprised at the fact with this one, you do actually have to be a bit of an Uberman to complete <laughs> it. Um, so we're yeah. going to find out more about it from the, the guy who's behind this idea, uh, Daniel Bursu. Hopefully I've got your, your surname correct. Um, so welcome along to the show, Daniel. Thank you. It's nice to speak with you guys. Now, um, I've got. I think we probably best to start. The, the the distances in this race are twenty one mile swim, five hundred mile bike, and run one hundred and thirty five miles, which is uber and it's very long. But as we're going to find out, it's uh, not just the distances that's going to be the challenge. So, um, I think probably we also need to state it's not really an event as such. It's more of a sort of a challenge. A challenge. Um, so, Daniel, maybe tell us a bit about why you came up and what gave you the idea for this uh, adventure. Yeah, sure. I'm, I live in Malibu, California, which is probably similar to the terrain and, and topography of where a lot of your audience is. And uh, locally here, there's the Nautica Malibu Triathlon, which gets a lot of top finishers, uh, Mark McCormick and people like that. But the events really morphed into um, sort of celebrity fest where you got to have a lot of money and uh, expensive equipment. The entry fee is quite expensive, generates a lot of traffic and PR. So we're really looking to do the opposite of the Nautica uh, Triathlon Series, and that is more of a guerrilla-type event where it's just a small group of people out on an epic course, um, primarily under their own power, um, 
flying below the radar. That's the that's the idea for the event. Mm. So what's your background? Uh, my background is uh, I'm in the real estate business. So the longest I've run until uh, the last year or so was about 12 miles. The longest I biked was about 30 miles, and the longest I swam is maybe a quarter mile in the pool. But <laughs> for my 50th 50th birthday, I decided be a good time to get out there on the open road and see if I could put some miles together under my own power. So uh, the first thing I did was head out to Death Valley uh, last February, and I ran 26 miles a day for about five days um, solo and unsupported to complete the Badwater course on my own and had a good time doing that. So then I thought, well, what else could I do? So I looked at an equivalent uh, swim and I noticed that the uh, English Channel is about the same uh, distance across as Catalina to LA, which is right in my backyard. So I hired a boat and a kayaker and went out and swam about five miles a day for four days and uh, completed that and had no problems and, and really enjoyed it. Um, and then the last leg, I thought, well, what if you could combine uh, the Death Valley run with the swim, I looked on the map, and uh, the original bike course was going to be 500 miles, but that was really out east towards Las Vegas, a lot of highway traffic, so we shortened the course a bit but made it much more scenic. So the new bike course is 400 miles, and we did that did that solo a few uh, about a month and a half ago. That was 100 miles a day for four days, um, mostly, again, solo and unsupported out to Death Valley. So we put the whole thing together and came up with the Superman course, which is the 21-mile swim, the 400-mile bike, and the 135-mile run through Death Valley. For someone who's come from kind of a very low-level athletic background to be doing those levels, how did your body handle that? Because, you know, normally most athletes are going to build over a period of time. They might do a shorter course, long course, and so on. Uh, did your body handle those distances safely? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question because I'm sure a lot of your listeners train quite long. Um, I do a, a program in L.A. called CrossFit. I'm sure there's a bunch yeah. of CrossFit uh, boxes in Australia. And, so, and the philosophy of CrossFit is that you go hard for short periods of time to cut down on the amount of long-distance training that you have to do if you're an endurance sport. So it worked for my wife. She, she actually medals in triathlons quite often, and she cut a lot of time off her training. So I thought, well, let me see if I can use CrossFit as a, as a base. And so I did you know, CrossFit workouts the last couple of years, but not a lot of distance. And then before each of the legs, which I started out, again, pretty much as a novice, I, I basically added, let's say, 10 minutes a day to my training. So over an eight-week period of time, I was able to go from, you know, one mile running up to 135 just by adding. It run first run was 10 minutes, then 20, then 40, then 60, and built up very slowly. But not a lot of not a lot of months spent. Maybe uh, two months for each um, discipline. So two months of training for the run, two months of training for the bike, and two months of training for the swim. And, and CrossFit um, as the base of support for that. So tell us a bit about what you're actually doing. You know, you've told us the sort of the distances and the the, the routes or the routes in America. Um, what 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 is actually tell us about the event and how it's actually you know if someone goes holy crap you know that's something that appeals to me. Tell us a bit about your philosophy and that it's not really an event you pay for. You just kind of 
turn up and do. So just so you explain versus going and entering a normal triathlon. Yeah, sure. I, I think again that the big reason for the event is is uh, sort of a, a backlash against traditional races. So originally, if you wanted to run the Badwater race, the actual um, course in June here, you have to be one of the top, you know, probably 100 runners in the entire world to qualify and do that. Um, Catalina Swim Federation requires lengthy licensing process, and you have to get all kinds of permits and applications and and rules about wetsuits and et cetera, et cetera. Biking doesn't have as, as many rules, but if you if you wanted to, to, to ride the route, which is pretty much the Furnace Creek 508, you probably have to be one of the, you know, couple hundred best cyclists in the world too. So my idea was, you know, why should you have to pay thousands of dollars and go through a lottery to get in and jump through all kinds of hurdles? You should be able to go out and run bad water and swim Catalina and bike Furnace Creek on your own or with a group of, of competitors for free. It should be, you know, it's the American spirit. It should be open to everybody. So that's why part of the reason I call it Uberman is because I think the ride sharing company Uber is sort of open to everyone. Anyone who wants to be a driver can drive for Uber. I have no relation to the company. Either, <laughs> but I like, I, I, I like the idea of it. So, you know, again, if you want to go out and run and I've already got calls from the park service saying, Hey, you need a permit to do this race in death Valley and, I said, no, it's not a race. It's, you know, it's like a group ride or a group run. It's, it's less than 20 people and everyone's on their own power. You're not going to have huge support crews and vans and media. And so why, why do we need a permit to run through Death Valley? It's a national park. You know, same thing with the Catalina Swim. So the idea is that it should be open to anyone. So anyways, we put the ad, put together an ad, put it out on the internet, got picked up by Endurance Racing Magazine, some local papers, Wall Street Journal, et cetera. So I started getting calls from people all around the world. And, and basically my caveat was, hey, if you're if you're willing to undertake this challenge, and I think it is the hardest race course in the world, you shouldn't have to pay for it. So give a hundred bucks to charity, send me your fitness bio. So just make sure you don't have you know a heart attack out there on the road. And, you know, you're responsible under your own power from getting from place to place. You could bring a wife or a boyfriend or girlfriend and a support crew but we're not providing anything we're not providing any aid stations it's really designed to be a, a solo effort in in some of the most beautiful terrain on the planet so so the idea is you basically you're just a facilitator uh, so you basically say right we're meeting at uh, such and such beach at nine o'clock on october the 16th or whatever date and we're all going to start and we'll see you at the finish line and we'll see you along the way pretty much like that yeah, pretty much. I mean, the basic reason also for for doing the course over the past year, I broke it up into three segments, but it was to prove that it can be done because a lot of people have emailed and called in and said, oh, it's, it's even in the ultra-endurance community, it's, it's mission impossible, no one can do this, it's too far, it's too high, it's too long. And my comment was, look, I'm not even a, an endurance athlete, and I did it. Granted, I broke it up, but it's certainly doable, and I think that there's – many people in the world that will be able to do this race uh, nonstop, you know, besides some, a couple hours of sleeping here or there, you know, probably in the 80 to 100 hour mark to finish the whole course. Mm. So, you know, we put it out to a lot of people. It's hard to find people that are good in all disciplines. You know, I sent it out um, to Lance Armstrong through a friend. He said, yeah, I can bike and run, but no way I can, you know, swim 21 miles. 
um, you know, put it out to a lot of top people like that, and everyone's usually good in one discipline, but it's very hard when you get to those distances to, to find someone who's good at everything. Um, and, and that's why we think it'll be a, a small group. Just, just how many people do you actually think you'll get? Well, I'm gonna we're gonna limit the number to 20 max, just because of the the liability associated with the race. I'm personally organizing it and putting it on, so I don't want to buy a multi-million dollar insurance policy if someone gets hit by a truck in the Mojave Desert. So I think by keeping the the number small and the skill level high and I have a personal rapport I mean different than most of the big triathlons I've been emailing and uh, talking via cell phone with all of the entrants so I have a personal rapport and feeling for everyone that's signed on so I have about a dozen athletes committed thus far and I'd like to add maybe eight more and call it a day at that we don't the idea isn't to have you know, 50 or 100 or 1,000 people, there's not that many people in the world that could do that, um, I don't think. But we want to keep it small and tight and people that are not only have good athletic abilities but have the right temperament to go on a journey like this. Because we think as hard as the physical challenges, we really want, you know, the mental challenge to be just as difficult. And I think, you know, my biggest challenge when you're on big stretches of road like Death Valley, which I'm sure you have a lot of those roads in Australia, mm. A lot of the challenge is mental, especially if you're on your own. You don't have a support crew. Um, you're just you know, dealing with your own thoughts and doubts along the way. So we want to make it at least half mental and the other half physical. And also a spiritual journey, too, because it's really beautiful terrain. And you know, running out there in the desert at night or swimming in the Pacific Ocean um, you know, far from shore, I think it's, it's a very spiritual quest, which is different than a lot of the urban triathlons. I think a lot of the Ultramans and the, the longer races tend to be closed courses where you're riding, you know, around a regional park or doing hundreds or thousands of laps in a pool. And the idea for this race for Uberman was to be open road point to point. We were going from one point to another destination far away across an ocean, across a desert and up mountains. And so that's the idea. So um, this time around, do you plan on doing it yourself, or you're going to be just sort of uh, following the following the event? Yeah, no. This time, uh, I only get so much time away from the family before my wife walks out on me. So yeah. I'm going to spend the spend the time uh, behind the phone, of course. And, and to your earlier question about logistics, the the plan is everyone shows up in Los Angeles on October 19th, Marina del Rey, which is where the boat. Uh, picks everyone up is about a five minute cab ride. So you could literally, you know, make a run over from the airport, jump on a boat or two, go over to Catalina, and then the swim starts at 6 a.m. on October 20th. And then after and the swim will be accompanied, obviously, by a boat or boat and kayakers. One boat for four swimmers, one kayaker per one swimmer. Once you land in Palos Verdes, 21 miles later, then you're really on your own. So obviously we're going to keep an eye on everyone on the boat journey. But after that, it's really up to the individual participants to um, use Strava, et cetera, to prove the route. It's, it's physically impossible to have people along the way checking. Um, if there's shortcuts, it's really a lot of the honor system and then looking on Strava to record your route to make sure that everyone arrives the um, required course. So, um, and then the final, uh, we'll have some overnight stops for those that want to sleep. And then the final will be approximately five days later at the trailhead 
to Mount Whitney uh, at 8,600 feet. That's about 33,000 vertical feet later of climbing, um, and that's the finish. And then we have a nice uh, iron version of Thor's hammer for the Uberman Trophy, which the um, winner will keep for a year, like the America's Cup, till the next person um, beats them or they retain the trophy a year later. Nice. So, um, so you will be at the finish line. Yeah, I'll be I'll be there. I'm going to be there along the way too. I'm going to be on the boat, maybe in the kayaks, maybe get in the water a little bit. We'll probably ride some of the course, meet up with uh, you know the entrance along the way at some of the overnight stops. Um, we'll be there on part of the run and at the finish line. That's I think in terms of um, you know money required. We're trying to make it open to everyone. So again, there's an event in um, Europe called the Enduro Man, which is similar. I think it's easier besides the English Channel Swim, but I think their their new rate is about ten thousand dollars to do the whole event, and you have to wait till the currents are you know proper on the English Channel and sit for long periods of time. And this is not ten thousand; it's free, and um, you know it, it's really again uh, open to anyone. Do, do you think it's an event that? we'll be able to continue on like like i love what you're doing and i love the spirit um and you know i think it kind of goes back to a bit of the root of where endurance sports comes from uh you know do you see this being an event that you do annually or is it going to be something that happens every few years or i think i think it'll be annually i mean again we've got uh probably thousands of people have, have heard about it we've probably gotten a couple hundred responses and we'll have you know but 20 uh, entrants. So I think that's pretty, pretty good for a first effort. Um, we want to keep the bar high, but I think it'd be nice to, to have it be an annual tradition. You know, maybe it'll morph into a shorter version or a longer version, uh, in the future. But for now, I think it'll be a good annual race. There's a, there's a event here in LA called the uh, OCR, which is part of the reason we got the idea called ocean Canyon Ridge. And it's a, a one day event in Santa Barbara sponsored by firefighters and they've been doing it for about 20 years uh and so it'd be nice to have a a, a 20 year run on uberman nice um just my final question what's it like running through death valley uh, it's, it's beautiful i mean i haven't been to the australian outback i bet it's similar but it's um it's just a long single road that goes you know straight for 100 plus miles and you have you start at badwater which is uh, negative 200 feet so that's the lowest point in the northern hemisphere in the continental u.s and you grow you run out across these giant salt flats and um you know a lot of the running and and the events in october so it's quite pleasant the temperature wise so you're maybe 70s during the days fahrenheit and you know, in the 30s at night but it's it's great i mean you're there's really nobody out there except the occasional german tourist and um, the, the stars are amazing, and uh, there's hot springs and craters and you know, old lava flows. And then you run out across, there's two passes that are about 5,000 feet each. So you're up at, like, snow level, and then you go down, and then you see the Sierras at the end. You run across a big, empty uh, salt lake, and then you start up Mount Whitney, and you go about almost 9,000 feet up on switchbacks to Mount Whitney and you get to the trailhead and there's usually snow everywhere and that's the uh, end of the race. So it's pretty epic. And the, the bike's amazing too. You're, you're starting out in Palos Verdes, you're going along the, the coast through Malibu and um, Venice beach and all those areas. Then you head out into the desert and um, through orchards and all kinds of interesting terrain. And then the swim is also epic. I did it last 
fall. Uh, it was about 77 degrees. The water was beautiful. You could see down about 50 feet, and uh, the waves were pretty pretty nice. And um, so I think again, it was it was a great stretch. Hopefully the weather will cooperate this year. But I think it's an epic course. I mean, it's a journey unlike anything else. I'm sure there's an Australian version of it you someone could put together there i don't know what it is but uh, hopefully it'll be inspiration for other people to create similar events uh, elsewhere in the world so if people want to find out more about what um, this is all about where should they go uh the best place is the website which is www.uberman1.com and it has all my personal information the best thing to do is you know look at the challenge and then email with any questions, we can get a rapport going. And then if you're interested, again, all we require is a decent fitness background, a willingness to suffer, and a $100 contribution to any charity of your choice just to demonstrate that you're committed mm. and then show up in L.A. on October 20th. Nice. Awesome. I would definitely like to catch up with you um, after the after the event and uh, see how people uh, managed to, to get on. So awesome. Th- uh, thanks so much for your time and good luck with the organizing. Thank you. Look forward to having some Aussies show up here in uh, in LA and uh, best of luck to you guys. Awesome. Thank you. The thing I love about Daniel, it's the real spirit of where our sport started. Mm. You know what I mean? Like when you, if, if you haven't listened to Legends guys, sharpen up first of all. But when we get those early guys on, they all come from who was the who was the reporter guy, Mike, Mike Plant, Mike Plant, and he said, you know, we, we said, what do you what do you miss about the sport? And he said, oh, that that sense of adventure of where it started from, that mm. whole idea. And when I, you know, I did Ironman, I used to love it how you used to ring me and say, oh, why don't we just do this thing? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. I love that about our sport, and you know, what, what's his name again? Mike? No, um, Daniel. Daniel, sorry, Daniel. Daniel just encapsulates that. Here's a crazy idea. Mm. Let's do it. Mm. And, and let's not put any barriers in front of ourselves. Let's just make it accessible. Come along, get into it, and get amongst mm. it. And I, I just really, as I was listening to him talk, and he's a guy who doesn't come from our sport. He's mm. just a guy who's got the bug. Mm. I really admire that. Yeah, and he is going to have to be careful about how, how this goes because, he's, as you said, he's already had the, the phone calls from the Death Valley national park saying you can't do that oh, it is just a training run. and that's sort of what we get with epic camp as well i get worried about that it's a, that's a different story because it's a it's a sort of a paid for camp and, and there's, there's all sorts of things that you've got to worry about and stuff and yeah if you are going to put you can't it's really hard just go and put an event on you know you want to i get all these ideas all the time thinking god that'd be cool to go and do something there it's like i got to do this and that yeah. and uh, i'd love to just say right there's 50 of us just rock up like exactly like he's doing and say let's do Christchurch Triple T or something like yep. that. But so good on them. It sounds great, and I'm I'm going to be fascinated to see uh, how many people rock up and do it. How seriously they take it in terms of actually if they're going to race it or just do it as a completion type thing, um, and just how it unfolds. So nice work, Daniel. Jobo, you've got a few more segments here, but we I think we might be pushing it for time. Yes, I'll, so, I'll say. Why don't I do? We'll do my first try. I'll save my quick coaching tips for next week. Okay, Pete Griffin's sent this one through, and it's Griffin's, and it's bloody brilliant because he's done bullet points again. My bullet points from my first try, trying to be shorter than John's verbal novel. Oh come on, Pete, was hardly a novel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, first of all, signed up for a try. Should probably find a bike. Race day. How do you carry all this stuff into transition? It's probably a good point, isn't it? If you haven't done a triathlon before, you come along, it's a bit oh, daunting crap. on race day, yeah. isn't it? A couple of trips to the car. Third point, pretty good riding on my body. Happy face. Uh, fourth point, what do, do you do with all these stickers? Fourth point, 
Swim panic. I'm going to drown. Second point. Last point. Second last point. I didn't drown. Last point. Had fun. That is a shame. The day of the body marking and the pretty girls writing on your body is sort of starting to come to an end. Obviously, we've still got all the, the you know, those uh, tattoo transfers these days. But um, yeah, you don't get people writing on your body, do you? You don't, I and mean, you don't need it really because these days, you know, yeah, it's cool. You, you don't even have uh, a lot of races now. You don't even necessarily need to have a race number, or you only no. have it for the for the um, for the run. Although now there's a lot of transponders are actually in the numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So nice work, Pete. My first try. And the cool thing about the numbers were, especially when you get the ones where they stamped it. Stamps were good. I like the stamps. The stamps were cool because yeah. you know what was cool? You got the tan. Yeah. So the next day, when, when you washed it off, yeah. you still had the number. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's that from? Oh, you know, I didn't know that. It's those bloody, those ones they have at the moment, those uh, tattoo ones, you've got to scrub the crap out of them to get them off. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, John's sponsor. Extreme Endurance. Yo. Lactic buffer, Jonbo. What's happening with, with the, the discount? So remember, guys, promo code IMTALK10 gets you 10% off extreme endurance we had a couple of emails in from time to time saying it's not working it's not working so it doesn't work when you get sort of bundles and some of their apparel it's basically right i need three packs of extreme endurance boom plug in the code you get the discount if you're doing the bundles of um the sort of wads before your nods and all those sort of things you're already sort of pretty heavily discounted to, to sort you out so use that promo code i am talk 10 and you get 10 percent off um, why should you use extreme endurance john to Avoid getting sore legs, a bit like Matt Russell, who's going to be doubling up at Ironman New Zealand this weekend. Uh, you know, he's, he finds that he can double up all these races within a few weeks. He's been on it for for ages. Gary Fegan's just managed his uh, his big, hopefully he's finished by now, his big run thing. And when we get endorsements by guys like that, who've sort of their uh, Matt Russell might be slightly different because he's obviously sponsored by them. But when you get guys like Gary and stuff, who no sponsorship alignment, they will have paid for it, I'm sure, to, to get it. And then they're actually saying, you know, when I when I get on it. Um, for events or for little epic blocks like that, it really makes a, a big difference for them. So check it out, xendurance.com. I know my mate Jeff the Ref, he's yep. trying to get to the Worlds in cycle. Yep, he in, pops around for the old order from me. Yeah, he said he's in his big peak right now and he gave me a call. You, can you get you on to give me some endurance? Yeah. <laughs> so there you go, X-Endurance. No, it really does, gives you, gives you that nice little extra 1%, I feel, on race day in terms of performance, <coughs> plus it gives you that enhanced recovery. Okay, Jumbo, questions, questions and answers. answers. Surf IM coverage, what does that mean? I think this is a fantastic idea because you asked a couple of weeks ago about what's the sort of some of the innovations we can make and, and I was just channel surfing the other day when I had my free weekend when the kids were away oh you loved it didn't you and uh, they had a little bit of the Aussie Ironman surf life saving so for you guys that are, have not seen this before Kiwis and Aussies will have seen it but it's basically beach racing it's, they actually still call it Ironman and they don't get pulled up on it no. because it's it's a different sport so it's it's open water swimming it's um, board, board paddling you know what I mean like with the naming rights they must have just they were there probably as At early as Iron Man. Yeah. So it would be an interesting court case. But basically, they swim in the open water. They do um, board board paddling where they're sort of on their knees and they've got paddle boards, sort of rescue boards, and then they do kayaking and they do a bit of running as well. And they're, they're quite long endurance events. Uh, it's very much an Australian sport and they get great TV coverage and all the bronze bodies and beautiful locations and stuff. And it's good TV sport. Yeah, and it's it's been around for, for a long time and it's, it's really good. Well, it certainly used to be fantastic money and the guys – were, were legends in Australia, um, but I just watched it for about ten minutes. God, it was good coverage. It was they had uh, they had GoPros on the boards stuck to the boards, oh, really? and 
imagine if they if they did a little bit of that in Kona in terms of having miniature um, GoPros on some of the bike legs so you could actually see some of the movement through the packs. We have seen it a little bit in some Tour de France stuff with I know the the Omega not the Omega Farmer team the. Um, Orica Green Edge team and have, have shown a little bit in the bunch sprints at some races. It's fascinating. And given that GoPro is the actual sponsor of Kona, I'd love to see a bit more up-close coverage That's on the bike. Yeah. Plus, now you can't, we, we, Bevan and I have both been out in the boats on Kona, uh, in Kona and watching the swim. And you're quite a distance from the swimmers and it's quite hard. And you can't get the, the motorised boats in close, A, because it's a little bit dangerous, and B, it stinks uh, when you're in the water and yeah. you have a boat close by. But there's no reason why they couldn't have a couple of board paddlers out there, um, even if they were the lead paddlers, and have some really nice close shots in there. It would be, would be fantastic. Um, or even being, you know, have have a couple of those guys that are on the start line with with uh, GoPro things on their hat, their heads, just sort of getting real up close footage right before the the gun goes off. So I think that's one little innovation that they could easily bring in to make that coverage a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. And as you say, they sponsor the event. Mm. The main GoPro. sponsor. Yeah. We need some more age groupers of the week, people. So if you've had anybody that's had some great performances tail end of last year or, or, or whenever, really, um, or coming up, you know, whether it was Challenge Wanaka or Taupo this weekend after the race, um, flick them through because we love hearing about age group of the week stories. Great, a great sweet steak. This is gold. Tell me about it. So Rob, Rob the Spine Tingler Green um, yep. flicked this through to me. And we've I think Rob, we've had him on the show maybe. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Anyway, um, They've got the Shamrock Half Marathon coming up um, in uh, March 16th, a few weeks' time. And the, these guys, are, we've talked about before, they've had this group called Speak Up come up um, because a 16-year-old girl called Cameron K. Gallagher passed away as she crossed oh, the line we from, year, didn't we? Yeah, from an undiagnosed heart condition. On that day, Cameron struggled to finish the race she had set out as a personal goal for herself and was victorious. But that was not the only hard fight that Cameron fought. Cameron suffered from severe depression and anxiety for several years. The ever-smiling teen was growing tired of keeping her struggle a private battle. She knew that like her, many teens were in great pain behind closed doors. As she trained for the half marathon, she took it on herself to address the misplaced stigma held by so many about teenage depression. Her dream was to create a 5k race in her community to help raise awareness of teenage depression. She had titled the race the Speak Up 5k in order to draw attention to the issue of teen depression and let other teens like herself know that it was okay to speak up about their personal battles. She titled the race to speak up 5k. Today her spirit and passion have gained strength beyond anything imaginable. There are 14 of um, them from the speak up race team travelling to Germany to do rote uh, oh, wow. later this year. Rob's one of them raising awareness and money for speak up along the way and Wattle Inc, uh, what, no, Watty Inc which they do a lot of that real funky tri-clothing okay. um, gear, yeah. has put together an amazing triathlete prize package with over 12k and and for a $10 ticket in the, like a, lottery, basically. A, a lottery, you can be in for the draw. So A, this is a fantastic cause. You know, I think we've talked about depression on the show so many times and how how massive an issue it is. And, I'm, and even in I, our world. I never realised how big, until I've been coaching, I never realised how big yeah. an issue this really is. And it blows me away. So especially, and, and again, taking it to a teen level is, is, is another another level again so I think it's a great cause but this prize package it's is a no brainer I've bought two tickets on it yesterday uh, so the prize includes a 2016 
Cannondale slice frame, uh, some race wheels from Nike Composites, a blue 70 package including a wetsuit, triathlon bag, goggles, some nutritional nutrition from Herbal Life, um, a Macro Pro muscle recovery system, a Pioneer power meter, um, some Wadi Ink gear, uh, Rudy helmet. So basically a complete. You're set for Amazing try package, plus some entries to Rev3 races, some Zelios skincare package, some Kiva Bison jerky package, um, an yeah. ITM saddle. It is a wicked package, and as I said, it's worth 12K. Um, they're hoping to raise $50,000. It's only $10 a ticket, so you know they're going to sell a few tickets, but if you win it, it's absolutely amazing, but it's also just giving to a good cause. Great cause. Yeah. So get on it, team. It's um, And we'll yeah. put a link to that on www.iamtalk. And I've got, I have got a link on our Facebook page as well. Okay, Jombo. Patrons. Okay, you've got a couple to do here Oh, as to well. do? Yeah, so you've got to do Daniel Clark and Sean Green as we're going through. Daniel Clark. So first one up, Rob Aruda. Rob's boy. We've got a few Canadians in here this week. Good on you Canadians. We love Canadians. You're the friendliest people in the world. Um, he was born and raised in Toronto, Canada, but now lives in Dallas, Texas area. Married with three kids, and he's got corporate security systems for Siemens where he does his work. Seven times Ironman finisher. Hopes to get to Kona one day via the Legacy Programme. When I say Aruda, Aruda, what do you think of Bevan? It's a horn. Okay, cow horn. Okay. Aruba. Yeah. What about Speedy Gonzalez? Aruba, Aruba, Andre, 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 Andre. Oh, yeah, it wasn't okay. Aruba. Yeah. But so I think Speedy G. And who's this? Rob Aruda. Nice, Speedy nice, G. nice. Ben Cox. He's from uh, from Marlborough in the UK. So I'm going to call him Light It Up. Light It Up. And then the last one I've got is Stefan Moonjumper Dooney. He's over in Australia and joins the training elements of endurance racing, running, cycling, and less so swimming. I know the feeling. I know the feeling, Stefan. Okay, well, I've got Daniel Clark, and he's uh, from Toronto, Canada. Um, I'm going to say save anyway. Um, I remember watching the Sydney Olympics as an 11-year-old. I had no idea what triathlon was at the time, but after watching Simon Whitfield run through the field to win gold, I decided I would do one someday. I grew up playing team sports, mostly hockey, and got started in endurance sports in 2012 after I graduated university. It's been a great journey since then. I look forward to continuing to push myself and meet some awesome people along the way. Now, Daniel Clark, I thought Clark Kent, <laughs> yeah. which I thought Superman, but that's too obvious. Well, surely we've had that. Yeah. So then I thought like the investigator. The investigator. But it's kind of like a, it's kind of like, you know, because he's a reporter. Yeah. He investigates. Yeah. But the investigator kind of is like a, a code word for Superman. Okay. Yeah. So Bevan, really, you are Superman. Bevan's code world. Yeah. Yeah. So you the investigator, Daniel Clark. Okay. And then I got uh, Sean Green. Sean Green is also from Canada. Jeez, Canada's dominating this okay. week. Have been have a great supportive family that allowed me to compete and train over the last three years, and I've been involved with triathlon. I'm excited about my first big race this year in July at Challenge Road. Oh, good luck! I'm also a worker at auto worker at Toyota. I also belong to incredible team Mecca X. Looking forward to supporting you guys. And Sean Green, what's green represent? The lights. Green means go. So the light says go, Sean Green. Bloody hell, that's a long one. The light says, says go. go. Yes. Very good. Yeah, very good. If you want to become a, a, a patron of the show, John, yep. which we which a few of you are, which we love, uh, you go to www.imtalk.me and at the different levels of patronage represent 
uh, different benefits. But everyone who becomes a patron does go into draw to win our trip to Kona, which we'll be drawing in the next kind of six weeks. So Yeah, so you need to get on. So iamtalk.me, it's got a little um, patrons button there, and then it's got be- either become a patron or meet our patrons. And on there, you can go through and see all the pictures of all these beautiful people that are supporting us. So, if, yeah, as Bevan said, Five bucks a month is fantastic um, for us, and that gets you in the in the draw for Kona. If you come in at ten bucks a month, then you get a, an awesome Kona swim cap. Plus, you get two tickets in the draw for Kona, and then we've got twenty bucks a month. You get a beanie as well, um, as well as a swim cap. Plus, you get an extra ticket in there, and then we've got levels above that. We love the people that come in even higher than that. Um, but it's a great way for for getting to Kona. I mean, you've got a pretty good pretty good odds of getting there. And uh, basically, yeah, it'll cover your. Yeah. It'll it's cover not that your, many people, is it? Yeah, you cover your airfares, um, accommodation, and uh, and a food allowance and stuff. So, get on it, team, and we'll see you in Kona. Get I'm on. looking forward to the. Uh, we should have a good turnout this year for the I Am Talk Blue Seventy Wetsuit Aquathon this year, because we're going to have the. I've got the the camp, so I've still got spaces on the camp in Kona, which will be for the sort of ten days before Ironman. Um, so we we'll already have sort of. I think I've got 16 on the camp so far. Nice. Um, and so their supporters. Plus, yeah, plus our support crew. So we've got about 20, 20 to go to start with, plus we normally get maybe 20-ish to yeah. up. Yeah. So if we get like about 40 people there. 50 people, mate. Awesome. Oh, the goal is 50, okay? 50 mm. people. Mm. Okay, Jombo. Sponsors? Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our patrons. And people who are amazing. Jombo. This just week we've also we're just about to do the intro for Legends of Triathlon. We've got Barry Shepley from ITU, so kind of apt that it's going to come out this week if you've got time to do it, Bevan, on your travels. Um, it is Barry Shepley who's the commentator for ITU. Oh, is he and, a commentator? Is he? Yeah. Uh, Stories. Gold interview. How long did you go for? About an hour, just over right. an hour. And just so many of these guys, you think. Oh, Barry Shipley, or you go Mike Riley, and you go, they're, they're at the top of the game, mm. and they must be, I don't know if Barry makes much out of the commentating or not, but a lot of those guys, and, and Graham Fraser, who, who had the Ironman, they made, those, some of those guys made really good money, but then you hear the stories where they came from, and you just go, man, those guys have put so much into our yeah. sport, and Barry Shipley is exactly the same. He's just done, for you Canadians, if you don't know much about him, especially, make sure you listen, because he's done some amazing things um, for your sport. And just been at the sport, been mm. there, you, you know, like the guy who sits in the commentary box is there. Yeah, mm. you know, and, and watched it evolved. And so, yeah, I look forward to hearing it. Jumbo, just just one thing. Um, I'm going to be in London. Uh, I leave next Monday. And so I, I want to do this run. So I'm going to be staying at the Alof London Excel Hotel. Now, John, I don't know London at all. Where's that? So that's that's there. What, that's, that's, that's there. Do you know where you are? No, no. Okay, you don't know. You buy the Thames, though, so it's... <laughs> I buy the Thames. So basically, it looks like there's a park, but I'm, what I might do is... Um, so I'm, I'm basically by King George Park. It's a small, a small park. There's lots of uh, parks. I think you need to do some research. You get some feedback and you post... Okay, so the, okay, so if you're in London, maybe Tim, him, Tim can help me out. London's a big place, but yeah. Yep. Tim, look where that is. And maybe we'll meet at my hotel and we'll go for a run from there. What I'll do is next week I'll give all. So basically that's where I'm staying. I need someone to coordinate. We will run. And I'm thinking we'll probably run at about 11 in the morning. So we'll go for a run. That's a very leisurely start. Well, I'm going to have a big <laughs> night tonight before, John. I'm going to have a big night. So we'll go for a run. We'll go for lunch somewhere. So okay. if you're in London and you want to come hang out with Bev and a few of the other Iron Talk listeners, we're going to have the Iron Talk London Meetup. Without John. 
<laughs> yeah, Paul sent you a photo. You could Skype me in or something. <laughs> I'll sit there on the dinner to the lunch table with a laptop. <laughs> there we go. So um, that's what I'm saying. A loft London Excel, which is basically by the Excel Centre, which I think is a big conference area because that's where I'm presenting. Um, on the Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, but I need someone to help me coordinate the run and stuff. So someone get in contact and then we'll confirm the details next week. John, what's your goss? Well, I'm intrigued to know. We've got Ironman New Zealand racing this weekend. We've actually got a really cool exterior down at Motapu as well. I'm intrigued. Are you running, Bevan, or not? No. No. Got it, really? Because I, I was got it because I was training really well. Mm. You know, and I really thought a top 10 was quite realistic. Um, and, yeah, just, you know what? The nice thing for me is, so be it. I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, I'm gutted because I would have liked to have done it. Mm. But I'm not. Ripping my knees out, you know. Mm. I've got an injury. I've got to get it right. Mm. And with knees, you don't want to mess around with knees. No. You know, like, you know, if it was Kona, and you know, I could do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, complete. But you I might be screwed at the end. Yeah, but I'd be out for six weeks. You know, so mm. it's kind of like, you know what? Sometimes you just got to make those decisions. And I'm lucky where sport in my life is kind of a nice thing that I have now, not the, the, the everything. So mm. you know, I'll get to another race later in a year. Okay, so um, my gosh. Uh, I haven't really given any thought. Bimmy, you've got anything up first? I have a little think. <laughs> we're on fire today. I must have something. I'll tell you what, I only just made the bunch ride last week. We're, oh, really? We were, we were running late. does it leave? Half past. half past. I got there and I, and I, managed, I hadn't eaten anything. Because the challenge here is I get up at five and we do the podcast. Where I, try, I try to get here at 6.15 and I'm late every He's week. always late. I remember years ago, oh, I hope people were late. <laughs> and I, bike, I bike here and it takes, uh, every just before I leave, something happens. You know, Thomas usually wakes up. It's, it's, I, I think, got to leave at 6. It takes me about 14 minutes to get here. And, uh, and then Thomas will wake up or this morning I needed to make a trip to the toilet thinking I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go to other people's place and yeah. Bomb their toilet. Bomb yeah. their toilet. <laughs> and so I was a few minutes late this morning. Um, yeah, uh, last week. And so eating anything before then when I'm not riding till like 30 and I'm on this like carb thing, it's like, oh bloody hell, what do I have, what do I have? And, and I only have carbs in my cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> last, so last week I got down there and I had like, just when we were about to roll out, I managed to have a handful of macadamias and um yeah, just got through the bike ride, okay. Um, no, I really haven't been up to, to a great deal, Bevan. It's been So you're going nice camping this weekend? Going camp, planning on going One camping. One night again? One night. But I'm keeping it super simple. The kids just loved it last time. We're going somewhere where it's basically put the tent up, we're going down to the pub later on for dinner, yep. and uh, and then we'll just take something for breakfast. So it'll just be dinner and breakfast, and yep. it's, uh, it's good times. Glen Tunnel. Mm. Jeez, I wasn't like camping there, John. I, yeah, thought, right. I thought I took my tent. Turned out I took one of those open pergolia things. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we, were, we just had this, luckily it had like a um, kind of like, what is it, like see-through kind of material. Not 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 like a uh, like a holy see-through material. Yeah, yeah. Like mesh. mesh. Yeah, mesh, yeah, it's yeah. like mesh. So it had mesh, so at least with the flies and stuff we were getting. Yeah. But everyone could see what we were doing. Oh, really? <laughs> Oh, sometimes I'm pretty clever. A few people have been asking us about the earthquakes from time to time. Everybody I talk, talk to whenever I talk to a, an athlete that I coach, they're all worried about us. And look, I think Bevan, he can express his opinions. There's, 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 the earthquakes give you the shits when they happen. We had a really bad one the night before last. At three in the morning. At three in the morning. And for me, um, it just scares the shit out of you. But for a lot of people in Christchurch, they're just like, just get on with it. There's nothing going on. Um, 
but the media seem to be really pumping a lot of these things up like the world's about to end down here but it's yeah. uh, for me it's just like oh jeepers creepers that was crapping yeah. yeah the interesting thing i, I find is because i'm like i was, I was that happened on another night and for me i was kind of like happened i was like whoa and then i and i kind of just went back to sleep and i kind of thought to myself as i was going back to sleep i thought far and i'm lucky that doesn't bother me mm. like you know the shock at the moment's a bit of a whoa mm. but but then i'm not you know then it just moves on and i move on but I know that with my runners, we've got a few people who just, it's so full on for them, you mm. know, and it's so scary. And you kind of think, wow, man, it must suck if you, that triggers so much trauma for yeah. you, you know, man, it must suck. But but in saying that, it's not nice, but it's not terrible. And we appreciate the support you guys are giving us twice, yeah. but, but, you know, it's kind of life in Christchurch. It is. Yeah. So unless it gets a lot worse again, which fingers crossed it doesn't. I just love it the though. When, when people come to Christchurch or traveling here. So when my brother-in-law came down to help, tidy out my parents place and we had not this time but it was when the, the real big ones were going on and uh and had a few earthquakes at, uh, at night and then those people really appreciated yeah. it was like holy crap yeah so that's about it so guys listening to um legends of triathlon it'll be up this week and happy travels to bevan and remember we have got the i am talk 10 year anniversary coming up in april as well so if you want to get out here and do that it's going to be epic i did that i might not have said i did the run Part of the run last week. And, no, you just uh, said that. You yeah. said it was beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Challenging, but beautiful. Hey, guys, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.